welcome to my diverse universe. Come in, come in. Yay, you've made it. So here we are in my diverse universe. This is where I talk about what's going on inside my diverse head. Yes, I have a diverse head. It can go anywhere from here, so buckle up. As this is the first episode, I thought it's just right and proper that I introduce myself. So here goes. I've known I was different since I was seven years old. That's when I first became aware that I didn't react to things like my friends did. And obviously I had no concept of what that meant or I just knew that that was the situation I was in. (laughs) And so from that point, I think my whole life I've been trying to work out why, what exactly is different about my brain and why. Now, I didn't realise that that in itself (laughs) should have told me that my brain worked differently to everyone else anyway because your brain works differently your first response is well let me spend my whole life working out why okay anyway i very quickly got to grips with how my mind worked in terms of you know day-to-day running but as each technological advance has happened my understanding of my brain has increased. When I first noticed absolutely zero (laughs) clue about what that meant, all I knew is I couldn't say the responses that were happening in my head. What I had to do was stop, check everybody first, and then frame my response. The way I saw it when I was younger was that I realised there was a lot more going on in my head that wasn't going on in my friends' heads. My friends didn't have constant analysis and information going on in their heads. They didn't have that. They didn't seem to be bothered by lights and sounds. They didn't seem to be bothered to the same extent. Deep down, I was bothered. A lot of the time, you know, I'd laugh it off the way they did, but I became very good at withdrawing from situations that were becoming untenable for me and I never really went into well why is it untenable for you whereas everyone else seems to be enjoying this my first time understanding things happened age seven that must have been when my brain started zinging and yeah things started to become uncomfortable things started to become different So I'm at a fireworks display, and I've been to fireworks displays before, no problems, but this time, the noise of the fireworks was just terrifyingly loud. I I seem to be experiencing it ten times louder than everyone else, and it felt like they were going off right next to my ears. And so it became something that was just terrifying. And I had to leave and get far away from this noise. Same thing happened with balloons. I used to be okay with balloons, and then all of a sudden, the idea of the sound of a balloon popping was just so excruciatingly loud. I couldn't cope with them. You know, you're looking at a seven-year-old brain coming up with an understanding of the world. My brain was just trying to organise all the disorganised chaos in my head. 
but my brain decided to do it in a very, very, very analytical way. Now, I didn't understand how it worked until I came across my first ever personal computer. And my teacher was very excited, so I was very excited because I liked that teacher. And I listened to his explanations about how everything worked. And my brain went, oh, that's a very efficient way of doing things. <laughs> so my brain started working like my understanding of how a computer worked. My brain decided that what it wanted to do was gather data and it had to find a way to store data. When I read Flowers in the Attic, the idea that people had attics large enough for people to live in <laughs> was a new concept to me. So my brain started thinking, well, okay, let's just imagine it. Like We've got a big attic up here and what we're doing is we're finding stuff in different chests in the attic. You know, I imagine those big travelling trunks and my brain would just get information and file it away. What happened at the beginning was it would put it in one trunk and then realise, oh, I needed that information in that trunk. So what it would do was that it would have the information and it would immediately, when I discovered photocopying, it would immediately photocopy that information and place it in each of the different trunks it thinks it might be useful in. Now, when I discovered computers, it then became more efficient. It would be like I would produce a Word document and store it in, a, in the relevant folder. Fantastic. <laughs> my brain and the storage of data for my brain became more efficient as technology improved. At some point, I must have realised it's very useful to remember situations that aren't just things you can write down, and writing down all the visual cues was too long. So I would take snapshots. When I learned about cameras, my brain started taking snapshots of situations. When I learned about voice recording devices, if it didn't think it needed to record a snapshot, it would just record the audio. Again, all of these, this terminology, I didn't know as it was happening... I've just realised that I started using that way of doing things when I, when in the real world I got a better understanding of data storage and things like that. My brain was constantly adapting its way of storage. Now at a certain point, and I think that was the year 2000 when I had the longest time to sit and think, because up until the year 2000 I was living my life and I was living my life as a type A personality focused on my goals and getting them, achieving goals, achieving goals. The year 2000, I was at that point a management consultant of small and medium-sized companies working in the country of Finland. That's where I was in the year 2000. I had no money worries. I owned my own home and, you know, I took holidays three times a year. I had a normal sort of middle-class life. But, like everybody else, I had that same nagging, 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 nagging thing. Everybody has this nagging thing. Now, what happened to me in the year 2000 was I had a complete and utter full, full body, physical and mental reset. I don't mean I had a mental breakdown. What I mean is my brain was unoccupied. My brain was incapable of doing what it normally could do because I was using every single ounce of my bodily energy, my bodily resources, in repairing the damage that I had inflicted on myself <laughs> physically. For that time, my data collection and my brain in that way 
was dormant. So because I had nothing that was occupying the full extent of my brain power, all I was doing was lying in a bed, a hospital bed, for months and months, just occupying itself with philosophical questions. Now, I started off with a philosophical questioning of my own life. How the fuck did I get here? (laughs) How did I end up in this hospital bed, unable to move, having to have help to go to the toilet? Yes, I was on bedpans, people. That is the most humbling thing you can ever ever experience so yeah there I was reassessing my entire life now I'm not going to go into that things will come up and if I start talking about what I've learned from my life know that I've actually analysed it my analytical data brain has literally analysed everything and I'm still learning because, again, my brain is learning new ways to do things. And at this stage of my life, I'm over 50 people. I'm coming up to 54 years old very soon. My brain has realised it's running out of storage. (laughs) I think it realised in 2000 it was running out of storage. So in the year 2000, I deleted a whole heap of shit, including friends. Friends who weren't friends. I didn't delete real friends I just came to a realisation of who were friends and who weren't (laughs) and my brain streamlined its data collection to anomalies so instead of collecting all the data that it had around it it would simply look for things that it considered anomalies and collect data around that event all of this is a very, very long-winded way of saying my brain has come up with a lot of theories. Theories on human behaviour and why people act in the way they do. Now, I would like to test as many of these theories out as possible and have as many people help me talk through these theories and a lot of the time, what I want to focus on, because my, my background is in education, if you're a parent of a young person who's just received a diagnosis and you want to just chat about it, you want to talk freely about your fears and worries, or you want to think about how you want to approach it, let's come up with some strategies. Get in touch. As a teacher of children with challenging behaviours, I often had an inkling that some of the young people I was working with and I'm working with in terms of in a classroom setting so a lot of the times I was the one who was asking the parents has your child been tested for ADHD or Asperger's or autism we can go into how I did that but I had to come up with loads of strategies of how to broach the bloody subject with a lot of parents but I'm interested in talking to parents because I have a lot of theories about how we approach the entire situation. And also, I received a neurodiverse diagnosis late in life. And for me, it actually cleared up a lot of things. Whereas for a lot of people, I'm guessing it would pose a whole heap of questions. I would like to talk to 
people who are just going through that to see if we can come up with proper strategies. I know that it's all about strategies and having strategies and forming strategies, coping strategies, ways of dealing with situations. I mean, we'll go into the reasoning behind my insistence that that is what we need to be focusing on in our life is working on ways of working with it so that you can return to focusing on the journey of life. I think this should be an introduction to why I'm doing the Neurodiverse podcast. Look out for future episodes. Feel free to get in touch and come on and let's chat. It will be a paid subscription because, as I've mentioned before, I don't want people just wandering in and listening to what's going on inside people's minds. If you want to come in and listen, you need to make a choice to be there. There are going to be controversial and they are going to be different because I've come up with it from a neurodiverse mind. But let's let's just end the first episode here. And yeah, if you'd like to continue on this neurodiverse journey with me, click the link below.